we have that meme. The meme? You know the meme? No. The meme about the, the aliens. The meme. I sent oh, it to you. Oh, you mean like the, strain, the yeah. strange planet meme? Yeah. Yeah. We need to, you need to get I don't know where it is. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Oh, wait, I need to actually have my phone because the off. amount of, I need to. print out this meme like a psychopath? <laughs> I do have uh, pictures. Um, Did you seriously print off a meme? No, I didn't Okay, she's gone now. You're right there. Printing off a meme just seems actually like morally wrong. It feels a lot like someone who has definitely killed. Before. Yeah, like you're on a fucking watch okay. list or you ought to be. This actually yeah. might be a really great way to start. Wait, what is what meme are you talking about? <sighs> it, it is a Strange Planet comic, it, isn't it? Boo, 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 boo. Let me sing my song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. I'm, I'm fearful now. All right, so it's one of these ones with the aliens and the first panel awesome. says, if I consume too much of this jitter liquid, it irritates my storage organ. <laughs> Are you near your limit now? No, I exceeded my limit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that way. Just the phrase jitter liquid has stuck with me. Yeah, I got this jitter liquid up here. I think one of my favorite coffee-related memes is the... It's one with like a warped skeleton going really far. Like it looks oh, like it's yes. going really fast. And somehow a skeleton has like a shocked face. I don't know. <laughs> uh, or it's just like where you drink one too much, one too many cups of coffee and your uh, heart rate goes into overdrive with no extra um, energy. energy <laughs> yeah. And I'm paraphrasing that very badly, but that is, uh, you should just, just Google yeah. skeleton coffee meme and you'll experience honest, this in the flesh. Or another meme that we haven't seen that could also be great. Any number yeah. of memes. I do you feel like there is a large quantity of coffee-related memes about essentially it either hurting your body or just giving you anxiety without making you any less tired or anything to that effect. And it's it's just like my favourite kind of meme format, to be honest, because I'm like, relates hard to all of these I things. I like whenever coffee appears in meme form, it's complaining about it. Whereas the rest of the time, it's just like, yay. <laughs> Woo. Yes. Yep, yep. Too many streams, people. Okay. I don't think you guys need any more coffee. I'm drinking it. There's more in the pot too. Jesus Christ. You can't do a podcast about coffee without drinking too much of it. Or you can, but we're going to do it I anyway. would Arguably, you probably should. But here we are <laughs> in the fucking bed that we've made for ourselves. G'day, everybody, and welcome back to the Music and Everything podcast. Or if it's your first time, welcome for the first time. Hello. Uh, my name's Jim. I'm here with the Sam's. We're going to find out what's awesome about something today. And um, I was actually going to sort of build it up as, as a secret thing, but now we've talked about it in both the intro and just now. So uh, <laughs> it's fucking coffee. We're, we're, talk, we're talking about coffee today. Um, and for the first time in a little while, we have... S- You're right? Yeah, yeah, it's much better. Thank okay, you. good. For the first time in a while, we've actually got Samuel wearing the chief investigator hat today as CI. Congratulations. Congratulations, Sam. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you here again. Um, tell us about Coffee Sam, start now. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is one of those topics where researching it is really fun because you can research about it and also drink it at the same time. 
And I decided to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to a number of cafes around my local area and did all my research there, uh, which is a fun experience, by the way, doing research in a, in a cafe. The cafe. You were like a, uh, what is it, the manic pixie dream girl out of, a, out of some kind of movie, just <gasps> yeah. you sitting there with your laptop and headphones on in a cafe with your bright pink oh, hair. And I really wish I was that stylish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with his cat ear headphones that he definitely owns. Yeah, no, that's it. And, and you know, somebody wistfully looking through the window at you in a really creepy way, arguably. I mean, like, <laughs> not, none of this is good, Sam. Can we start again? Um. Yes. So let's start again. <laughs> no. um, like I, I loved researching in cafes and I found it sort of funny because I recall and I, I genuinely don't remember who it was, Samantha, who we knew uh, or knew of who did basically their PhD or something and it was just in cafes. Like they didn't use libraries or anything. They just only could write in cafes. They could only think in cafes. So they just stayed in cafes, kept ordering stuff. Little tent in the corner, (laughs) set up a shanty. I do not remember this place. No, I have no idea. Well, maybe I made up this person. Maybe they don't exist. But the point is, is the people do it. How much coffee did you drink? (laughs) (laughs) There is a limit. Okay. Um, But yeah, you know, like you can imagine just sort of going, okay, well, I'm just going to be here for this entire opening hours. Uh, just, you know, purchase the table with coffee and keep it coming. It's not the cheapest way to live, but um, it's a very exciting one. Certainly not in Australia. I mean, if you were in like a diner in the US, it's kind of like, refillable cups of coffee you know, mm. in that cartoonish way of bringing yeah. it around to the table. It's just like more coffee and you put your hand over it and you're like, no, don't you dare. How fucking dare you? How fucking dare you presume that I'm just kidding. Give me some more coffee. <laughs> well, I know. I think that's great because, you know, it's a reminder that even the modern cafe is a huge, that's a many, many different ways to drink coffee in public, um, in mm. public places where you stay for a long time um, and very different vibes. But Approaching the topic, I was like, my big question, I was like, I've got a blank page. What am I going to write down? It was, why do we do this? <laughs> why? Why do we drink this dark, bitter drink that uh, makes you jittery and gives you diarrhea? Like, why How do we, have we do come this? to this place? <laughs> uh, and I have a number of answers. I'm not sure if any of them are uh, substantial. I mean, one of them has got to be. It's real good. Well, yeah, I Simple think it's good. I it's quite, quite tight. It's yummy. I think it's, I think it's yummy. Okay, I put, that's I put, it. I put sugar in mine. Uh, end of podcast. It's we solved it. Yeah, good. Well done. Yeah, good job, yeah, well done. everyone. Yeah, well done, everybody. Quick well, game's a good game. But of course, it's also highly addictive. Um, but somebody had to drink it first. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like we were born addicted to coffee. It's just like, oh, well, we must maintain the jitters. Otherwise... We'll get the headaches and, you know, a toddler with a headache, fucking nightmare, dude. Let him have their coffee. You know like, <laughs> You've made that really dystopian as well. It's like yeah. from birth, we For- just like have caffeine within us. This is, that's where my head is at today, Sam. Mm. Obviously it's going to be dark today. <laughs> but yes, like, you know, I, I'm kind of fascinated by that. Like the, you know, the first people having coffee and learning to roast it and drink it mm. and whether or not um, it was known to be addictive first, because, you know, like addictive is a fairly, that's a fairly modern conception of things mm. and based on our knowledge of the science of caffeine, which is very recent. Yeah. But, you know, it was just known to be, oh, it's very stimulating and I'm a big fan of it gotta every have day. My co- I got to have my coffee. It, get, it gets rid of your headache. <laughs> yeah, the headaches that we all have. <laughs> every single one Does of a coffee bean look like a bean? Is it a bean? Do you want to see That's one? A bean. No, I don't need to see one. No, no, okay, so, yeah, so what is coffee? Is that your question? Yeah. All right, so hey, coffee. Man. Hi. <laughs> um, I'll take your questions now. Um, coffee beans are not beans, apparently. We're being lied to. They're a fruit, aren't they? Yeah, they're the pits of a fruit. 
So, yeah. so if you eat the fruit, do you also get jitter juice? <sighs> See, I don't actually I know. I thought the fruit was... It's a cherry. So it's a little round red cherry. Okay. Oh, um, this and... actually explains so many coffee places' names now. There's so many really? that reference cherry that I know of, at least, of like cafes. I don't know, I don't know about that, but I know mm. there's a little cherry. Yeah. And you have to extract all of that flesh off the cherry until you get a little- To the sweet, delicious <laughs> And it like, it falls apart in the way you would expect. You know how it always, like, each coffee bean, has got the little line Oh, the it. half, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's two halves of a whole, it is. Yeah. So, and occasionally you get a whole one. Does it take on that color when it's roasted or is it already that color? Yeah, so it takes off that color when it's roasted and its odor. So what happens when you grow- so It doesn't smell like coffee until it's- Yeah, coffee. suppose, I've never held so-called um, green coffee beans because they're, they're entirely different. They're green and they're really soft and pliable. So they're mm. not like this hard thing, you know. That's a roasted coffee bean. Right. And so it doesn't take up that smell. It smells kind of grassy, just like, you know, a plant that you've just harvested. Um, and there's this whole process, like you either wash it or you sun dry it in terms of different traditional ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you and just fucking just mung it. Just, yeah. straight, <laughs> and just spit eat, it out. Eat the whole fucking thing. <laughs> spit it out on mass and then you, you mix have it like up. fucking snooze or something. Like instead of like tobacco up under your lip, you just have like a little, little green coffee bean that you slip under one of your eyelids oh for my- later or it's just like no. slowly absorbed. You know what okay. I mean? So there's a fermentation process, so I probably wouldn't recommend that. But um, Okay, even so, straight <laughs> to the vitreous humor, straight up in there. Yeah, and okay, so then you roast it. So um, when you roast it, it takes off, takes on so those characteristics of, okay. of hardness and, and, and the brown, smell that we love so much. smell, yeah. it is the best smell. Mm. The thing is though, is it? I mean like, is it a good smell because it's a so, I mean like it's like, you know, you're a teenager and you have your first beer or whatever. Mm. Um and you go like, why the, why the, why in God's name would any human being put this into their mouth deliberately? It tastes like Satan's asshole on a hot day. Why am I doing this? And then later on, it's like you're out with your mates and just like, could really go a fucking beer. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Samantha has her hand up. Yes. <laughs> what are you saying? Beer, beer tastes like Satan's asshole when you first try it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yes. I was just very confused. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, I need to interject. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because we were talking about coffee and then we are talking about beer and I, 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 missed, salad over I lost the transition somewhere in the middle there. You had your hand up. But I also had my hand up because um, you were talking about bitterness. Mm-hmm. And obviously caffeine is known to be quite bitter. You put yeah. you put sugar in your coffee. I definitely do. Sam yeah. and I do not. Too much sugar. In my coffee. Well, I mean, be, that might actually be the root of all your problems. Oh, but what's shit. interesting, perhaps more important to bitterness, is that uh, whether or not you like coffee or prefer tea is actually genetic. Really? Because it's essentially a gen- there's genes that are associated with bitterness markers. You can have a caffeine bitter- bitterness receptor or a quinine bitterness bitterness receptor. Interesting. Quinine being Quinine. The, Yeah, yeah, Being the main ingredient in tonic water. Yeah, okay. So if you have- A bug spray you put in gin. <laughs> I will oh. not have tonic slander on this podcast. <laughs> Fucking bug spray. That's darkness, man. I bet it's correct, yes. But essentially what happens is that um, if you carry the bitter taste receptor for caffeine, you're more likely to drink coffee. Okay, if you carry that burden. Um, but if you- carry the bitter taste receptor for quinine, you typically drink less coffee. But it, you know what it doesn't- Is that, is that like the genetic mask marker also for being a fucking morning person? Is that like the <laughs> yeah. same, you know, the same people look at fucking goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. I but what, like but it's, what's really interesting <laughs> about that is that your association with the flavor of bitter 
changes over time. So your perception of bitterness changes over time. Yeah, that makes sense. So I mean, I have I have kids. <laughs> Sugar, please. Sh- yeah. At all times. But yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I, think I love how same... we've just gone like neck deep into the science corner. Like, well, Samantha yeah, Samantha's science, Samantha science corner is four pages long. Well, then, okay, if, while we're in the science corner, right, let's stay there for a second. Okay. The, the key question we're dealing with right now is why is this happening? So why are we drinking this? So, like, why is it addictive? Oh, that's a really great question. Oh, such a great question. Oh, my God, thank you for oh my asking. God. Um, okay, so I think what's really important to understand about coffee is how does, what, what does it do to you? What is it doing to your body? Mm-hmm. So it is a central nervous system stimulant. So it, it affects your central nervous system. It has cognitive right. enhances, as we know. It increases alertness. It, it cre- increases attention. It is actually sometimes used as a performance-enhancing drug. So it does all these amazing things. <laughs> Wait, is that for academics or is it for? No, 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 for athletes. What? The um, athletes. The no, the in, <laughs> the IOC had to ban caffeine consumption over a certain level because it's actually a performance-enhancing oh, drug. Oh, there you go. All right, brother, we're gonna be like just straight. It's like this dude going in for the fucking pole vault doesn't need a fucking pole. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's flying. <laughs> um, so one second, I'm just gonna have some coffee before I go into this. Um. Everybody slurp at once. <laughs> so what happens when you drink coffee? So it takes about 30 minutes for it to become active mm-hmm. in your system. It takes 45 minutes oh, for it actually be digested and it gets digested in your intestines. So wait, you're telling me that in all likelihood, the when I first have the first few sips of coffee and I have the relief, yeah. that's all just like psych, uh, psychological addiction. It's a psychosomatic yeah. response. Right, okay. So I'm imagining alertness up yes, until 20 but minutes Yes, but it's like a placebo effect that happens before the actual impact and it manages to sustain you until it actually hits it. Yeah. Placebo effects are still in effect. All right, so- I embrace it. When you get three sips into a coffee and then you need to go to the bathroom immediately because your <laughs> asshole is going kaboom. <laughs> Um, like when it's a psychosomatic response. It's a psycho, psychosomatic asshole kaboom. Because it actually doesn't hit your intestines until 45 minutes later. All right. But Shit. I'm so glad you brought that up. So That's my great. body's um, just broken. I'm so dying. the real question is then what does it do? Mm-hmm. So it blocks the binding of endo- adenosine, which is one of the four building blocks of DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the A. One of the four See, pillars when you, when you of socialism. <laughs> Sam, when you say that, it sounds like something we shouldn't be doing. Like, it's like we shouldn't play God. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're consuming a small portion of DNA. Oh, man, these pro-lifers are going to be pissed. <laughs> um, and so it, that uh, increases cyclical AMP levels as well. So it increases your energy because AMP is the thing that gives you energy. Okay. So it blocks the ability for adenosine to bind to these A1 receptors. So you may be asking, what does the... What does that binding do? So why would we want to block that, right? Why would we want to mm. block that? It's because adenosine builds up in your body throughout the day mm-hmm. and it's what nice. triggers your drowsiness. It's the thing that triggers your sleepiness. Oh, uh, sleepy hexagons. Sleepy, yes. I've actually got images of them. What um, the fuck? Are you actually- That's just because the chemical diagrams oh, they are drawn like hexagons. hexagons. Yeah. Because of course, all of our scientists are bees. Also. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a pentagon on that one. Yeah, a lot of organic compounds often have pentagons. Okay, it's yeah. fucking bullshit. I take it back. Um, and so it is the, the reason why this happens is because caffeine and adenosine are very, very similarly structured, although it's very difficult to sort of say that because obviously when I show you these images, they, they don't look the same, right? No. But I think what's important is you've got that. (laughs) That pentagon is a really important aspect of so it. The pentagon is key. Yeah. Mm. Because so, of that pentagon, this drink has like a 
magical alignment with our brain. Correct. I suppose it's like, because the thing is adenosine, adenosine triphosphate is one of the things that is your like short, sharp physical response muscle thing. It's like the mm. fast things like sprinters use it all up in 10 seconds kind of thing because that's the energy system that you need. So I suppose if you're talking about a performance enhancing drug, if it is, you know, fucking playing God with your mm. one of the four pillars of socialism, then uh, in that case... Yeah, what am I saying? Yeah, no, but you're right. So, so because I'm lost in my life. AMP, AMP is a pre is a is the it's either a pre or a postcursor of ATP. ATP being the thing that gives you energy, mm-hmm. and so there's a slippery slope slope joke here. But um, yeah, we're not going to yeah. go that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, caffeine binds to these receptors, these A1 receptors, and antagonizes these receptors. So the binding. If, if endosine was to bind to it, it produces a, a cellular response which increases drowsiness. Caffeine antagonizes these receptors by binding to them. And so it mm. re- temporarily prevents or relieves drowsiness, but it also creates an increased respiratory rate, a reduced heart rate, and it constricts blood vessels, which is why it helps with headaches. Right. Ah. But right. I, I was under the impression that the he- headaches were caused by the lack of caffeine. Or is that well, what you're no, saying? Though? No, headaches in general, like anybody's headache. So, oh, like, I can if help you, with a headache. If, yeah, yeah, so if you have a headache, ca- caffeine is often a very... And actually in a lot of um, headache relief Panadols, they have caffeine in them. Nice one. Because it helps with the blood... It, it either... Yeah, it helps with the with the pressure of the blood flow. Right. Okay, right. Um, and it has an effect on memory, doesn't it? Like in terms of like what memories you can easily access or something? Yeah, so it, I, I believe that it helps with um, short-term memory storage, but it doesn't, it, and it allows for increased concentration, but it doesn't help with long-term memory storage. It actually gets in the way of that, I think. Yeah, yeah because because I remember it being something like, you know, it's it affects how closely your brain can access things to your thought stream. Mm-hmm. Hence why like it's sort of an obsessive focus for things. You're like, you're working mm. on something. Obviously, caffeine helps. I can actually can, concentrate for once. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no. that makes sense. And so like, and then so what I'm talking about is like, what is it doing to your to the binding? What is it doing in terms of the vasomotor and the respiratory stuff? That's all the pharm- pharmacodynamics. That's like, what is the drug doing to your body? Because caffeine is one of the most widely consumed psychoactive drugs in the world. It is probably the most widely consumed psychoactive drug Surely. in the world. Surely, I mean, it is. like what's going to rival that? Um, but there's also- well, technically tea because it has caffeine in it as well. Yeah, so we're talking about caffeine, not coffee. Mm. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of cultures that are living off tea rather than coffee. <laughs> um, so when you drink coffee, it, like I said, is absorbed by your small intestines within 45 minutes of ingesting and it's distributed throughout your body. Which, of course, you've cleared the way for it. Uh, yeah. By, <laughs> by that point, <laughs> yes. Um, your peak concentration, so about one to two hours later, you'll have the most caffeine in your system. And that's when you start feeling the dip, which is probably the point where you start reaching for the second cup of coffee because mm. you start feeling the- You start chasing the dragon. Yeah. And so what's really interesting is that it it should just over time leave your system in a really regular way, but there's so many things that get in the way of that process. So mm. uh, women taking oral contraception, it takes double the amount of time for it to leave your body. Right. Uh, male smokers, it takes less time for it to leave your body. Antidepressants you know reduce the is? clearance. They can't really figure out, and this is the interesting thing about like biopharmaco stuff, is that like they can't really understand the mechanism of action that's stopping 
this sort of process of, of, of elimination. They think it might be based on the way that the liver is being impacted. Okay. Yeah, wow. Um, antidepressants reduces the clearance <laughs> of caffeine by more than 90%. So they if reduce you, the clearance. Yeah. Of so caffeine. basically, it makes yes. it it takes it longer for caffeine to leave your system if you're on antidepressants. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Put me on a cocktail. <laughs> Let's fucking go. I'll stay alert for longer. I'll drink less coffee. Can I talk about? So we were talking about caffeine and its effects. Like the word caffeine and its etymology uh, made me want to do harm to myself uh, for how obvious it is. Um, and that is because. Do you, do you know what the etymology of caffeine? Like, what word is it based well, on? Like ca- cafe, right? Cafe, yeah. Ca- okay. Ca- oh, caffeine. Cool. What? Ca- ca- caffeine limely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a trick question. I now. seriously, no, no, it wasn't because I'm just kind of curious because I had I just didn't link them together. But like it's coffee just coffee. It's caffeine. Just coffee. Yeah. It was a German scientist, and the and coffee is yeah, like, it's in coffee. I should yeah, say. because it's the, from the same root that English gets. Yeah. Uh, the word coffee from Dutch. Right. And again, like one another one of those examples of just like a trade commodity and everyone just kind of says the name the same way. Yeah, actually, no, okay. All right. So the etymology break is now. It is here and Let's it is now. Let's go. Um, so in, it, coffee is an English word, of course, and we're saying that because it comes from a Dutch root. Uh-huh. Can, that's how it came to the English language. The Dutch word was coffee, but with different spelling. Cool. So okay, K-O-F-F-I-E. Yep. And that's in the 1580s. It also could have come from an Italian root, but it's pretty much the same word again, right. with different spelling. I mean, in the 1580s, the English. Just <laughs> <laughs> laughing at this stupid fucking joke. I wasn't even going to say it, but now I've laughed at it. It's fucking the A Dutch root sounds like sex under a blanket. No, no. That's all I'm saying. No, Jim. It sounds like sex under a blanket. Okay. Now we're, we're moving on now. The European word coffee that we've just discussed comes from Ottoman Turkish kave. Okay. K A H V E. Which is from Arabic, um, kahua, okay. something along those lines. So that's Q A H W A H. So like you can see that this is from trade, right? Like what, and just like people said, trying like to understand each other. Like, <laughs> the Turks coffee. <laughs> so so the word. Yes. So the Arabic word for coffee, um, which if I'm not mistaken is still the Arabic word for coffee, um, kahua. Um, is the its etymology is contested, but this is really cool because it comes from several different places. Um, so it's a different um, ideas. So one is that the word was an alternative feminine form of a word for wine, which implied darkness through contextual right. meaning. I was thinking, why the hell would wine have anything to do with this? Then I found out that you know in this era. Coffee wasn't drunk in, out in individually. It was it was created in a big bowl, and you, mm. a communal bowl, and you drink it for, from cups from the center, like wine. Yeah, and which especially sounds awesome. And this, these are like Islamic, early Islamic um, kingdoms and, and such. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what used to be wine is uh, now what coffee. Used to culturally be <laughs> wine is now coffee. Okay, that makes sense. Really cool. It's fucking sick. So that's so that's that word, right? And it, but it could have come from Q U W W A which means like power and energy. Oh my God. It also could have come from a verb um, like kaha, which is um, Q-A-H-A, meaning to lack hunger. It's like, mm. it's a hunger suppressant. I reckon there's somebody out there came up with this and just gone like, fuck, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. good. 
It's it's like energy wine that I'm not hungry about anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. Yeah, I, it's I, all branding, man. I totally think it's like I love how these rival etymological theories. I'm just like, no, this is one person being really clever, really <laughs> like, fucking good. And at that's marketing. actually something that I haven't been able to find out is like, why does caffeine suppress your hunger? Does it? Yes, it's a okay, hunger. That's, it's, that's it's a also known, good to know. known and hunger of course, suppressant. This would have been for these Arabic traders in like a really salient distinction because if you're fasting for an entire month in the month of Ramadan, mm. um, coffee and was and still is used as a hunger suppressant to, to enable to aid in that process. What the fuck? Yeah, so pretty cool. Or is that something all I'm of this could be wrong. Know? You guys sort of like assumed that, that is that knowledge that people have? Yeah, is it's that like part of coffee the... is a diuretic, coffee is a hunger suppressant. No, it is a hunger suppressant, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And people know this. Yes, people know this. People do and know have this. known for some time. <laughs> No, okay, okay. I promise I'll open a book at some point. <laughs> so but I mean, all of this could be wrong and it could just be from the city of Kaf in Ethiopia where it probably came from. That's fucking boring. That's a boring version. <laughs> I don't like that. That's lame. If that's the yeah. fucking universe we live in, then I'm out. What are we talking about? Coffee. Yeah. The origins of coffee. Nice. Okay, so here we, here's where we talk about the origins of coffee. Um, so we don't really know because the earliest evidence we have that it was ever harvested was much later than you might think, which is in the 1400s. Really? Yeah. I really expect it to be one of the things, you know how we do on this podcast and like yeah. Neanderthals first. Yeah, Neanderthals, <laughs> yeah. And they, they dug it up with a mammoth tusk yep, they drawn they, a map on. And, and they, they, you know, made their basket out of fiber they found yeah. in a cave that was discarded and then yeah. they filled it with coffee beans. Yeah, before no. they were wiped out by human intervention, they... Uh, they were really good baristas. <laughs> they were yeah. sought after in the ancient yeah. world. So the bush itself is from Monday Ethiopia, basically, and sort of surrounding like Sudan and Kenya and like that general East African region. But it's mm -hmm. dominantly Ethiopia. Um, and then there's evidence that it was being exported to the Arabian Peninsula mm -hmm. by Arab trade um, in and the 1400s. And this is in the 1400s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Is this post-Islamic science revolution? I don't. No, <laughs> nice one. Um, nice one. Mm. So there's a there's a definitely true story which I'd like to share mm. about how coffee came to be. Okay, 100% true. Definitely, absolutely true that in the 800s in Ethiopia, um, in the kingdom of Kaffa, uh, <sighs> there was a goat herder named Kaldi and he noticed that his flock, but he was an attentive goat herder, um, his flock was becoming energized by the cherries of a red bush and and so he had some. Um, so he had some of the cherries. <laughs> What's good for the goats is good for the gander. I, okay, sorry. Just would you just? He got buzzed as hell, and he took the bush to the, to his local monastery and said, "Oh my god, you've got to try this crazy bush. I'm buzzed as hell." <laughs> <laughs> and he was arrested. And yeah, and the monks were like, "This is this is terrible. You're out of your mind." They were thoroughly displeased, and they threw the bush into the hearth. Okay, so this. You sure this is a true story? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds oh, trust me, it's a true story. Oh, it's a true story. Whereupon a delightful aroma was developed from the burning bush. Right. And with excitement and trepidation, the monks... Was the burning bush in the Bible just... No. <laughs> this is way later than this. <laughs> totally different place. Can you imagine if that was a coffee bush? Anyway, so yeah. the monks then got the, the beans out of the burning ashes and then they put it in the water and they were like, mm, that's yum, yummy. Yum, 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 and yum. then coffee was born. And it's because of course true. that's the logical response to something that smells good when you throw it in the fire. Just like grab that out. <laughs> Stew it and then drink the juice. Like, yeah, got, and grind it first. Yeah. You gotta grind <laughs> it. No shit. I mean, yeah, because the so. coffee extraction from... Yeah, well, that's Whole a cool trick. You want to hear another cool, true, very true story that's absolutely true about absolutely. coffee? Absolutely. Um, there was uh, a pope. Um, don't know which one. A good pope too. <laughs> it was good. No, it was Cle Clement the Eighth. 
So I don't know if he was a good pope. I believe. Um, probably an asshole, as these guys usually are. Because, mm. um, you know, the Catholic Church isn't exactly short on assholes. Anyway. So this arsehole uh, has banned coffee because he's an arsehole. And um, he says that it's the devil's bevy. This is so not true, by the way. I mean, <laughs> it might be. I don't know. You Apocryph- have to make us believe. One of those fun apocryphal stories. All right, take back what I just said. This is a true story. Uh, so he's banned coffee because it's the devil's bevy, um, which is, of course, how he put it as well. Um, and uh, then someone's like, you got to fucking... You gotta try it though. But like, bro. have you tried you like, it? Like, I mean, you say it's the devil's baby, but have you tried it? And it's kind <laughs> of like, get thee behind me, Satan, and brew me a fucking drink. And so they did, and he had a sip, and he is immediately just going, fucking, this is the shit. This is the shit. I fucking love this. We, we've, everyone should drink this. And it's like, no one asked the question, is the Pope possessed? Like, no <laughs> yeah. one, no one at yeah. that point went, like, I think he the Pope might be possessed. Because everyone was so fucking jazzed to have coffee back. Anyway, this is probably this not is a true story. this is the devil's story. drink, sign me up. Like. If this is the devil's drink, fucking, let's yeah. worship I mean, this book. Yeah. I, I do think it's really important. Do you know how he had his coffee? Was it brewed? Was it an espresso? No, I think the traditional... <laughs> I think the traditional Catholic way to do things is up the bum. So oh, it was probably goodness, probably, uh, probably, uh, probably a probably a anima. If I if I had something to throw, I would throw it. You got that little cup. Well, it's actually funny. So that's an apocryphal story. There's a true story, really, about how coffee was banned and then unbanned again. Um, and given the time period that it was in, it co- possibly could have killed coffee for a long time. Mm. Um, so this is in the early 1500s, really early in the coffee days, but this has spread really fast around through Muslim traders. Because everyone's running world. a lot faster now. <laughs> <laughs> Try these red berries! <laughs> I found them in the fire! <laughs> um, yeah, so, but in some Orthodox um, clerics in uh, Islam, saw it as another intoxicating beverage. Right. Which was probably not helped by the fact that it was being drunk out of big wine bowls, out of people who were getting excited. (laughs) So this is like a, it's just, it's just, it's bad optics. And it might've had something to do with as well as like in this time period, like one of coffee's first cultural uses, um, at least in the Arabian world was with Sufism, which is, it's a sect of Islam that's um, very mystical. Mm-hmm. Um, with lots of sort of mystic sort of ceremonies, and they would use coffee because it just sort of it was like sort of like be awake before God <laughs> sort mm. of the vibe, which makes a lot of sense. But um, so yeah, so it might have had something to do with he that. Hates well. tardiness, <laughs> and also you would hate to be sleepy when you're about to meet God. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not a good look. So uh, one second, <sighs> um, it was declared um, haram, okay. so like alongside alcohol. Um, but you know the problem is is that it's already being drunk everywhere. Um, so you can, yeah, that didn't go so well. So that was in 1511 by 1526. Um, Ottoman Emperor, uh, no, no, sorry, Sultan Suleiman the first. Oh, mm-hmm. Suleiman the Magnificent yes. with his onion hat. With his onion hat. Because we've all played Civilization. <laughs> yeah. Is, Wait, he is... brought coffee back. He did. Double Magnificent. Yeah, he, he, he stored it in his. He hat. basically, <laughs> uh, he got them to uh, reinterpret. The scriptures uh, ah. and decide that I love it when they do that. But the thing is, this this was actually backed up by science at the time. Because remember, the um, the Muslim world at, at this period of time is like a beacon of science and mm. civilization. So they were already knew that hey, you know, there were people saying to the leaders saying, eh, "This coffee is really just not intoxicating. It just makes you awake and make you shit yourself." Like it's it's, really... <laughs> it's like win win win. Yeah, win am I right, win, guys? Dudes. Yes, yes. Yeah, and how were they? So when we're talking about coffees in this time, we're talking. Are we talking like brewed in a pot with the grind still in there? It's probably a bit muddy. It's not like being strained or anything. Yeah, so- and straight up the nose. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so that that's what I'm assuming. Indeed. So sort yeah. of like, you know, Greek style, Turkish style that you can get nowadays where it's like not not like like filtered. Yeah, so pretty much like your dominant coffee up until the late 19th century and the 20th century is what like a boiled method. Okay. Where like you, it's a kind of full immersion of the coffee. You're, you've just got coffee in water. You bring ground, it to the ground, boil. Roasted ground coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, no, green beans. Green beans. <laughs> oh, so, so they would roast it. They would, what, mortar and pestle it? Yeah, mortar and pestle. Okay, yeah. Yeah. love that. They didn't have like a blade grinders back Should then. we try that? No, sure. just kidding. <laughs> that would take a while. And then they just boil. Yeah, they boil. But obviously not boil it continuously. That would be disgusting. So, mm. um, you know, like like Turkish coffee is as a contemporary example of this. That's very traditional. It goes back all this way. So mm. in the Turkish coffee case, um, or Greek coffee, if you're in Greece, um, <laughs> <laughs> you have it in a little uh, metal pot and you put it over the over the heat and you bring it to just before the boil with sugar and spices in it preferably. Mm-hmm. Not like how I ordered it in that restaurant that, yeah, that time. Was a mistake. I don't know what I was doing. Um, and then you take it off the, um, the heat and you just let it cool down. And the idea is that all that sediment settles to the bottom and you pour out the rest of it. Oh, okay. And the result is this muddy coffee. That's like mo- what coffee was. And it is a thick boy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a thick, dank it's, it's, boy. It's got all of these little particulates in it, all the sediment in it. Um, and it has this like thick, silky texture about it. And it kind of it, fucks you up, doesn't it? It's like, it's, it's really, super concentrated. it's quite yeah. strong. I'm oh, not, it's, it's really I actually, full flavor too. Like mm. I don't actually have the caffeine content of that particular brew, but I do mm. have of all the other kinds. I assume I'm it's really high because when you, when you leave the beans grind in there, yeah. you're extracting as much as possible. So like when you're making coffee with water mm. by any method, you're trying to extract flavor and caffeine and the like. Yeah, it's caffeine, volatile oils, and yeah. then there's organic compounds that you want to kind of cut off. But generally when we do it, it's kind of running water through it. Yes. Rather than stewing it. Various, if yes. I was going to do drip coffee or espresso. even espresso coffee, yep. it's, I mean like it's yeah. really compacted. But the kind but of coffee that we're drinking it. now is brewed. Yeah, we've got our little plunger, our little yeah, metal plunger here. That's right. That's with us every single episode, like, by the way. It's not just <laughs> this. this isn't new. When you plunge it, you slowly fucking push that silver yeah. thing up. Maxwell <laughs> so silver that's, hammer. That's kind, of, that's kind of similar to the boiling method in the sense that you are putting the coffee in hot, hot water and letting it sit. Yeah. See, the thing is, and it's traditionally served with sugar and spices and stuff because it's so strong and so bitter. And I didn't know this. I was, we were at a Greek restaurant and I ordered it. Uh, oh, I'll have a Greek coffee, thanks. Because like, I'll try that. And it's like, mm-hmm. once I knew it was Turkish coffee, I was really curious. Um, and as I said, she said, oh, would you like sugar with that? And I said, oh, no, thank you. And she sort of gave me a double take that I, sh- I should have known. She asked me, she's like, <laughs> are you sure? Are and we really sure? should have used that as a sure? signal, but uh, we did yeah. not. Yeah. Foolish. Foolish. Uh, yeah, have it, have it with sugar. It's best enjoyed with sugar. Nice. It's actually a great, so this is a great, um, it's another cultural use of coffee that's contemporary, um, and it's Turkish. It's use of Turkish coffee. So apparently, there's like there's a, a a wedding ritual that goes back a long way in Turkey, which uh, in which the groom to be and their family go to the bride to be's house, and the bride to be has to make a lovely cup of coffee for the groom. And you think, okay, this sounds like a test, and right? One of, one of them is poisoned, and one of them is poisoned, <laughs> the chalice happens. of the palace is the brew what? that is yeah. true. It sounds like, yeah, it's it's a test for the, the vessel with the for pestle the, has for the, the wife, the poison, <laughs> of course. Um, but it's not a test for the wife. Uh, it's a test for the 
groom because traditionally the bride will, instead of putting sugar in the coffee, will put in salt <gasps> and other stuff. And the idea is, is that the groom's patient enjoyment of the coffee is a sign mm. that he will be a gracious husband. Delicious. <laughs> and Please like, let this not be my daily life. I, I mean, that's such a f- cool flip on the end of that because when you were saying that, I was like, Ung hey, patriarchy, okay, yeah, gross. Go but now it's just kind of like, But yes. now it's just like, no, but now it's also, it's, no, but it's one of those scenarios where you're just like, okay, yeah, like if you love this person and they kind of made you an average cup of coffee, you're not going to be like, throw it back at them and Surely say- if you truly love them, you'd want them to improve their coffee. Game. No, but like it's now- really want to go hard as well because- they, this, they know this tradition now. This is no longer a surprise. Babel, I want you to know that this tastes like garbage. No, because the thing is, I feel like you. I feel like it's better for you that you know. I put banana powder in this one. Because <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying shit. I'm just. Trying, I've never been in a kitchen before. I'm just trying shit. Have you tried this salt? Fuck, this is crazy man. You put that on something and it just goes insane. That's insane. I. I mean, I. I do sort of. I do sort of love that to sort of go like, it's a test for him to see, is he going to be a bit of a prick about this or is this a conversation (laughs) they can have in private? Because also like everyone else is there. So it was like, is this one of those tests to go, is he going to pull a fight with this woman in front of everybody? everybody. Or is this going to be a quiet conversation? The the, the whole test is called, are we going to do this now? (laughs) Um, You want to do this right now? I just love the idea. It's like, this would have just started with a prank. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) this is a tradition that literally just started with something, I'm going to put fucking salt in this coffee. Just watch this shit. See what this fucking like. Somebody trying to get out of their arranged marriage or some shit. Just like, just put salt in this coffee. They hate it. They hate it. So apart from boiling, which is like the traditional, um, we obviously do brewed coffee. Yeah. So, well, brewed coffee is a big umbrella because that could be filter coffee as well. You know, generally when we say brewed coffee, we're talking about stuff that isn't Turkish style sort of uh, mug coffee and isn't espresso, you know, like that's what we're talking about. Right. But really we're talking about there's different categories that help us understand how we make coffee, how we extract this flavor from these from these beans. And so one of them is steeping. So that's what we're drinking right now from this, from a plunger. French mm-hmm. press. Known as a French press, but more commonly referred to in Australia as a plunger, which I think is kind of funny. It's just like not at all fancy. Us, we're not in any way <laughs> pretending that we are being fucking... Fancy, right? Yeah, we're not. Yeah, because it's the easiest way to make coffee. You literally just put coffee grind, coarse coffee grind into the pot. Um, You put uh, just shy of boiling water in there and put it on and then wait a minute and then slam down the hammer. You're fucking ready to go. Yeah, it's the simplest method ever. Um, And also, you know, this is steeping uh, where you're like, you're immersing, um, but then removing the grinds. So they're not still there. Mm. So, you know what? Other ways of doing this is coffee bags. In the manner of tea, yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is just, it's just gross. I hate that. Um, but there's also like, you know, in Malaysia apparently they, they use like a sort of sock made of like muslin and mm. to like soak it and then remove it from the water. Oh, so it's wow. the same okay, principle. Right. You're just yeah. immersing in water and then taking it out. Filter coffee is different again. And it's pretty cool when you think about filtered coffee because this is where water is dripping slowly through the coffee in some respect. Yeah, it's generally how I drink it at home. Yeah, like, you know, the most common one being the... Uh, Drip coffee machine. A dripolator. Yeah. yeah, which is actually, I think the dripolator was actually originally something else that wasn't a machine, but that's not important. We call do them dripolators. Yeah. Do you want to know how much caffeine there is per liter of a drip coffee? Fuck yeah. Oh, yes. So drip coffee actually has, out of all of the non-espresso kinds, has the highest coffee content. Yeah, that doesn't surprise caffeine me at all. Content. So there is around, depending on how you brew it and your ratio of, and we can get into the science of making a cup of coffee um, in a bit, but in terms of drip coffee, there's about 555 milligrams per liter to 845 milligrams per liter. So it's quite a lot because it, just a tangent, 
Espresso mm. coffee, which we all know is the strongest way to brew coffee. You get the most caffeine out of espresso. Per volume. Per volume. Yeah. It has 1,691 milligrams of caffeine per litre. Right. Well, that explains why I can drink like a mug or two of drip coffee and, be f- and about a shot of espresso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, just to get... I, and obviously mm. this is per litre. You're, you you're going to have... If you're drinking it um, plunger style or percolator style, you're, you're drinking having... drinking it by the litre, yeah, which of course we do. <laughs> I mean, this is a litre. Is it? Yeah, so we're... Like, fucking hell. But like espresso, you're going to always... Like a shot is, I think, fifth. I don't remember. Little demi tasse. Tiny cup. Just look at the cup. 13 it's that mils. Is the little cup. Yeah. Um, so filter coffee is pretty cool because it that's pretty old as well. Because yes, while we may picture the filter coffee machine, which is the terrifyingly efficient way to make a giant amount of coffee and keep mm-hmm. it warm. Um, it doesn't need a machine. I mean, like there's really old ones that are basically you just, you know, have some sort of a vessel that is like a little hat mm-hmm. for the mug uh, and the water drips down. Vietnamese coffee. As a, is a, Vietnamese coffee. Yeah, it's is another a, drip yeah, coffee. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, so, cool. And it's all in the category of gravity, gravity filtration. Mm. You were using gravity to brew the coffee. And it's really different because so like picture coffee inside um, a French press. They get, it's getting soaked in the water. So you're extracting a ton. And then of course you're um, removing the, the, the sediment. Like, sediment. Mm. But pushing it down like your feelings. Straight to <laughs> compressed. Compressed but, darkness at the bottom of the plunger. Um, drip coffee, filter coffee, um, it's only extracting the most immediately accessible parts of the grind. Is this like V60 pour over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. V60 pour over. Because so I know you add water and then you let it fill and then you add more yeah. water and then you let it filter and then There's you There's so add. many ways of doing it and they're booming now, but it's like it was, an, I think, a late 19th century concept, I think, at least in, um, in Europe. So, um, but uh, yeah, like there's the new versions like Chemex. Mm. Um, and all that. It's also the vacuum coffee maker. That sounds like an explosion waiting to happen. Yeah, it sounds like something that is really futuristic, but it's probably really simple, but really cool. Happened by accident, obviously, as well. <laughs> it's not in the vacuum. <laughs> how they drink, it's how they drink coffee in space. <laughs> um, yeah, from a little, like, a tube. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But how does it work? How does it work? Okay, so it's a glass hourglassy thing. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the water is in the bottom and the coffee is in the top. It sounds like a puzzle, like, and, and then you take the you take the fox How? across the river. <laughs> you leave the damn it. Sorry, go on. And you put that over heat. So, the, so are you talking like a little flame? No, oh, you put it on the stove or put it on the flame. I don't know. I don't know about that, but I know you heat the water, mm-hmm. and because of the pressure of the sealed hourglass like um, compartment, um, the water is forced upwards up into the top part of the hourglass, and then it drips down again through the coffee. Did someone dream this and then go like, you <laughs> know, let's do that? Because it's like a percolator, except it, it also uses the same physics as like a mocha pot, which we'll get into mm. later. But it's the, it's the water being forced by pressure. Percolated mm. coffee has some of the lowest coffee extraction, caffeine extraction. Ah, uh, coward coffee, I see. Mm. Yeah. But it makes such a nice sound. It does make a nice sound. It makes yeah. like a blah, blah, And it's also sound. unexpected. I, I would actually have expected percolated coffee to be more caffeinous. But anyway, that was Anyway, just- this brings us to the final category. Yes. The final category of making coffee is... Pressure. Espresso. Espresso, but it's technically more than just espresso. So, but it's mostly espresso. So, espresso coffee has taken over the world. Okay. okay. <laughs> Everywhere. What? Did we? Did we need that? Did we need, <laughs> do we need to, to turn it into a villain somehow? Oh, it's just a German accent. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is my stuff. Wow. Right. I don't know if it is. Wow. Um, anyway, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. Um, so. 
Uh, pressure and espresso-based coffee works differently because the water is forced through really tightly packed coffee mm. um, at high pressure. Um, and that pressure is about 800 to 1800 KPA. I'm going to say kilometers <laughs> per hour. I'm like, dude, holy fuck. Whoa, that is fuck. I am literally never going to a cafe again. What is the speed of an espresso machine? <laughs> Science questions yeah. will never Kill be able Pascals, to answer. Kilopascals, yeah. yep. Kilopascals, thank you. I didn't actually know what that was. Yep. Um, My and it makes you a little handy. tiny, oh, yeah. foamy, bitter boy in your little demitasse. Yeah. It's the most and delicious. You just put fucking milk in it and wreck it. <laughs> yeah, I love how that was clearly the next step. Like they made the espresso machine. It was like, you know what this needs? It needs frothy milk. Like, yeah. See that cow over there? Just get that man involved. <laughs> like I, I love the idea that coffee happened before people realised they could drink cow's milk in this hypothetical. <laughs> which is like, you know what I'm going to fucking do right now? Yeah, and like the caffeine extraction. And I know that like, especially with espresso, there is a, a massive culture around the process of doing espresso, this idea of pulling a shot, which um, is such an interesting phrase. I think Samuel has some information about that. But also- Spoilers. Sorry, <laughs> gosh, I just want to like cue it up in case we don't actually mention it and we can we like can remember what we forgot to say. Last time when we, yeah. um, but there's also the the control element of like when like, I was as I was talking about like the caffeine. So there's a if you look at like a diagram over time of an of a extraction of coffee, caffeine is extracted in the first instance. It's like immediate, and then what you're pulling from the rest of that is the Oil compounds, volatile oil compounds that would give it flavor and depth Mm -hmm. of flavor. And then the last thing that gets extracted is these organic organic compounds, which are very, very bitter and add a negative sour sort of flavor. Mm. And so with espresso- and the then process. it's the memory of the person who planted it is the la- the very last yes. thing that comes Oh my out. God. And oh so my God. <laughs> so you want to like extract to a point where you're getting maximum flavor enrichment from the oils mm. and minimum organic compounds. But you did all the research on that. I just know this from my, my mind. No, that's very cool. Thank you for your mind. Um, so- Espresso has a little bit of an etymology thing, which I'd like to discuss because it'll yes. make us all a very angry. A mini etymology, bro. I'm um, not going to be angry, dude. No, no, no. Okay, so you know how if someone says espresso. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> someone says espresso and the result is rage. And like at espresso bars and cafes, you will find like a sign that'll often be written in chalk and cute writing saying, if, you, if you say espresso, we're going to knife you in the gut. <laughs> like, Holy shit. It's getting <laughs> you know, more that sort of stuff. Really angry. What's that the war on the letter X must end? Okay, so the problem is, is that the etymology comes from, it's another moment of someone being very clever when they came up with the word for something. So it's it's a it's an Italian word, espresso, which means something similar to the following things. The pressure of steam, right, makes sense. That's actually what I always thought it was, just, just steam pressure. The verb express, as in um, express from an orange peel, I guess yeah. you would over a cocktail. To express, yeah. To express, yeah. And the noun express, <laughs> as, as in, in to make quickly or on the double. So espresso is correct? So no, espresso. Espresso is wrong. Everybody with authority, dictionaries, espresso making associations, they all say, please don't say espresso, it's wrong. However, I'm no longer allowed to be addicted to people who say espresso because it's etymologically correct. And it does actually mean to make an express coffee. That's why espresso was invented. They were inventing this machine to make coffee quickly. How many things do you think? that are just sort of ingrained in our culture, started with someone making a pun, do you think? <laughs> um, I think we can blame Shakespeare for quite a few of those. Really? Well, yeah. espresso and coffee are both in that category. So good. Mm. That's fantastic. No wonder so many uh, coffee places are named with the word bean. 
Yes. In a pun form yes. in their name, like yeah. Bean Missing or something like that. Yeah. Or something that isn't is that as much the- sounding like a kidnapping. You know? <laughs> Yeah. So it was invented. Like, don't put me in charge of marketing, guys. Um, all of these other things were mostly not invented. They've developed, you know, but espresso was invented. And it was invented uh, by Luigi Bezzera um, from Milan. Uh, who I'm not making any Nintendo jokes. It's just, it'd be bad <laughs> if I did that. So I'm um, not going to. And he patented it in 1901. 20th century idea. Federation. Which isn't surprising. <laughs> Federation for Australia. He didn't well, know about that. Okay. Wow. Wow. But, it, but um, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it was a sign from the universe. <laughs> Australia and coffee. At it's the just, same time. At the same yeah. time. And the idea was to find a way to, at bars where people serve alcohol, to serve coffee very quickly, expressly on the city streets. Mm. Um, and... So they were served in bars, espresso machines were set up in bars, which is why they called the people who made the coffee uh, baristas, which is the Italian word for bartender. Okay, so what's going to happen here is I'm just going to put my head in my hands like because I'm an idiot. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Sam told me this earlier today and I was like, are you And that's why people say me? they pull a shot because you would pull anything oh, else in a bar. Fucking, you pull the lever. It's a fucking joke, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, a joke. it's, it's coffee and pun. It's like a match made in heaven. Yes, God. This whole episode is an etymology break. Yeah, so like, and the espresso machine also had the little milk frother too. So that was there from the beginning. The idea was to heat milk that you could put with a coffee. Right. And then people started doing crazy stuff with that. And because it was heating it using steam, it frothed. You create the cafe latte uh, and the cappuccino. So where did the science around, you know, so like we obviously, we talk about baristas, Australian baristas in particular are regarded very well. We've got some of the best quality coffee people, baristas in the world. When did they get kind of, and I say they, and I mean me included, snobbish about it? (laughs) I don't know, but I expect it was sometime in the past 30 years because of the sort of like trajectory of like gourmet cafe culture and stuff. But also not just gourmet, it's just like at what point in recent history did coffee become hip, you know, and not like a functional thing? Because, you know, again, I come back to the trope of the like, salty fucking American cop close to retirement reaching for the fucking <laughs> Joe again and then smashing it because he's so fucking hurt mm-hmm. inside and just <laughs> never going to go, I can't look my son in the eye. Um, okay. Sorry. But, yeah, but, then it, it, but then it became a bit of a science. Like people, like there are, there are barista competitions and stuff, but there's yeah. also like there are so many articles and like blog sites and stuff that talk about like, all of these things you have to get perfectly right to pull the perfect espresso and you've yeah. got to like balance the coarseness of the grind with the temperature of the water, with the extraction time, with the this and the that and the everything. And it seems like there's like really two approaches there that you can see um, and like a really scientific approach that's based on like, oh yes, you have to have this machine that like has the perfect, uh, most even temperature and consistency. Mm, precision in every sense. Yeah, and like, oh, your shot, you want to get a balance of like 16.5 grams, usually works, taps quite well. And yeah, like, that water to coffee ratio is really, really important. But then there's an intuitive approach that you see. And I can't help but think, you know, like Australian baristas are like the best in the world. And you go to Australian cafes, some of the best cafes you can go to. And they're not you know, measuring shots out by the gram. Some of the best cups of coffee. Trusting intuition and making a drink for you. Yeah, some of the best cups of coffee have been made like instantly. Like I've gotten the coffee really, really quickly. Expressly, you might say. Yeah, expressly. Indeed. Um, And like it definitely gets a sense of like it's come out too fast for them to have really thought about it. Mm. But perhaps that's what the magic is. 
Is and, it the and, sort and of the fact just, that they've made thousands? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is definitely <laughs> every um, single goddamn day in and out. I can't go home again. So the uh, early espresso was quite bad, apparently. You know, yeah. like as you can imagine, like even imagine the early machines and learning how to use them, right? But I think the Italian manufacturers of espresso and also aficionados of <laughs> espresso um, from the 40s and 50s started taking it around the world and going, no, these are quality machines. This is how you do it properly. And so it was an Italian export. And, you know, that's how it happened in Australia. You know, that's why we have, as you said, Jim, this transition between, oh, when did coffee start being kind Functional of Functional to when it's hip. As through Italian migration. Mm, okay, yeah. But, you know, we never had the somebody, um, the, the retired cop <laughs> with the jug of shit coffee because that's like, that, that's an American reference. Like yeah. the reason why I think espresso just took off in Australia is because it's the first coffee that Australia really got as a tea drinking English society of the 1940s Which and 50s. Which is probably why different methods of brewing, like um, when I was down in Melbourne, there was this really like, I got a coffee at a, you know, one of those hole in the wall places mm-hmm. that you get. But then I w- we were in this old sort of market and there was a, in the corner of this old place, there were people who were doing specialty coffee and they were doing pour overs or they're doing mm. other things. Mm. And it, it was the place where all the young people were going and getting this sort of hip trend. And so it's sort of interesting that we're now getting this, the hip interesting coffee isn't espresso. Espresso is the everyman's coffee. Yeah. And the interesting one is the batch brew or the plunger yeah, or the really funny. pour over I or the filter. I half of that sort of espresso gatekeeping and stuff comes from Italian culture in general. Because I mean, like it's Italian culture that has a lot of problems with like American pizza and stuff, for example. Like if it's not done mm. in this particular way, it's not pizza or blah, 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 or whatever else. Maybe there's just a cultural element that we're not aware of. I also wonder if it's an American influence mm. as well, because they're so used to having these sorts of brewed coffees that can kind of get away with being a bit average. And then you get espresso and espresso when it's not good is really bad and espresso yeah, when it's like good line, yeah there's, there's a never harsher an average line coffee, so that you have ruined this and therefore me and my day yeah or, or this is heavenly and please thank you yeah again. and so I, I wonder as well if there's like that element has come because they don't have people who, like australians like people literally hire australians in america to make mm. espresso well, yeah, and like there's the the gourmet um espresso scene in the u.s is really huge mm-hmm. but it's not it's not mainstream no. Like even through Starbucks, it's not mainstream. But Starbucks is sort of like a kind of different thing again. But mm. it is still espresso coffee. Um, but like you know, it's really funny to me that if you say coffee in Australia, they'll the person you're talking to will hear espresso coffee. Espresso That's coffee, what they're yeah. picturing. Of course, it is. Go when people say like, "Oh, I need a way of cappuccino." Yeah, I need a way of making coffee at home. It's always the pub machine or something that yeah. you know, makes you quick espresso. But the thing is, I used to have an espresso machine at home mm-hmm. and I did enjoy using it. And then I had children. And uh, <laughs> uh, our first daughter like had really bad reflux and just wouldn't fucking sleep and just scream the whole time. So when you did get her down to sleep and you needed coffee, you couldn't just like, all right, let's fucking mm-hmm. like starting. The, I don't know why it made that noise. It's just that obviously I keep my espresso machine on the llama in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, this is a really loud fucking thing. So like, I first. resorted to to plunger coffee and then yeah. to drip coffee nowadays. Yeah, you're welcome. But yeah, Thank you for that coffee machine, guys. It's like I, I was um like watching coffee videos then on in from the US mm. and it I just found it so funny that um, it was even one video that said, now here's the differences between espresso and coffee. And I almost like spit take laughed. Because <laughs> I was just, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's just because like, you know, in a different dialectical context, coffee, the word coffee means, means something, something different. Else, well, that yeah. reminds me of when we were in, literally the first morning we were in New Zealand, we were desperately trying to find coffee and it, and it was a mistake because our body thought it was 3 a.m. even though it was 6 a.m. But that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. But we walked What did into- your bums think? <laughs> um, <laughs> but we were in this cafe and we were getting- 
I think we got coffee. Yeah, we had coffee and whatever. Um, it was coffee and croissant and the croissant was good. Okay, that's good Hell to know. Yeah, but then an, an American tourist nice. walked in and you could tell it was an American tourist because they're very loud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, he walked in and he's like, can I get a large black coffee? Yeah. And she's like, what? What, what kind, kind of coffee? Yeah, and he's just like, just a large coffee. And I'm like, my dude, just, you're just not- Just one large we- black coffee, please. <laughs> like, with desperation too, I kind of felt for him. But what I thought was really interesting was- in- Why are you standing in between me and my coffee, man? <laughs> in um, New Zealand, um, they call their long blacks Americanos. Oh my God. Well, I think that's mainly because it's a it's like a really tourist That's what I was going to say. And so like country. they can then point to the thing and can I get an Americano because they're going to get something that's kind I've of seen similar it. to I've that. I've seen it listed as Americano in other places too. Wow, wow, wow. Possibly here as well. Can't, I know name, that- can't name any. Could be well, lying. I Could have it. The, the established wisdom is that a long black and Americano are the following things. So a long black is hot water with the shot poured on top. So it's essentially a watered down, watered down espresso shot. Mm-hmm. It's very, very bitter. Um, and the Americano uh, is just the other way around, like the shot and then the water. Topped up with the water. Which kind of means there's no creme on top. It's actually, it's almost like a, it looks more like brewed coffee. Yeah, okay. What was weird is that when I was in New Zealand, I started really liking them, but it's I just really a long enjoy. black, sloshy. Like. Interesting. And you know what's really interesting is I think if you were to speak to any barista, they would probably make a long black and an Americano exactly the same way. Because yeah. when I get a long black from Merlot, it's got the crema on top. Yeah, but when yeah. I order a long black from Bagel Boys, it's the other way around. It's like um cappuccinos. Okay, so cappuccinos. Classic. Um, uh, An old one that go back to sort of early days of espresso because they're named after the... um. The robes of the Capuchin monks. That's why it's cappuccino. I always thought it was like it's got some chocolate relevance, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it's just referencing the color brown. <laughs> wow. Nice. Uh, because in some, uh, whenever that word was coined, which was probably not initially for the drink we call a cappuccino, mm-hmm. like it was just like mixed uh, milk and coffee. So it would have been very dark colored. Anyway. Delicious. The cappuccino, I was looking for an established definition and I expected it to be what, you know, what I get as a cappuccino in Australia. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Frothed okay. milk, bit of chalky on top. Bit of, bit of chalky on top. Yeah. It's apparently not an essential component because every single definition I was reading was just like, oh yeah, very, very frothy, preferably dome-like foam on top. But that's what's that's funny it. now. Is that oh, like, you can put chalky on there if you want. Like, like what do you mean? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? That is the defining feature. I mean, like, okay, so I know we covered this in the Australiana episode that it's like the, the big mound of, of cappuccino foam doesn't yes, really yes. happen anymore. Yeah. So ostensibly... The difference when you just go to a general kind of cafe or, or a barista, wherever, just a, you know, a, a guy in the street, and you're just like, Dude, <laughs> need a coffee, man, please. Um, <laughs> and he gestures to the board, and you don't, but, uh, but like th- that is just basically like a flat white, just but with a, chalky on top, but with chalky on top. And so, the, the, the defining fact is it's like basically asking for a flat white or a cappuccino is just like, do you want chalky or not? Um, and of and course some you places want some will chalky. put shaved chocolate on top rather than so chocolate powder. Fucking good, dude. It's really yummy. Yeah, hell yeah. But that's like, that's so funny now that when I think of a cappuccino, I think of that rather than foam. Yeah, no, I'm but sorry. you're right though. Like that, that classic '90s cappuccino doesn't. Oh exist. yeah, it has a big you, hat. Yeah, you that, kind of have to go to a specialty place like the Jam Pantry. They have that dome, yeah, and that they also do the chocolate. Did, they? they do mm. actually grated chocolate on top, so they're mm. doing like this really like luxurious thing. <laughs> cappuccino. Yeah. yeah, but I just love the idea that I could in another part of the world possibly like just order a cappuccino. It'll just be like like a very thick latte, and Excuse I'm like, what is me, this? You forgot my fucking chocolate. Yeah, where's my chocky? <laughs> Yeah, but it's like the tradition in um, Australian cafes that you sometimes get a coffee if you sit, sit at a cafe and they'll give you like a little bicky on the side or a little uh, chalky on the it. side. I love a little bicky on it's the side. It's my fave. You know, you get like a little, what are they called? The little- um, Chocolate sprinkles. Almond, no, not a freckle, oh, yeah. but like you get the one where it's just like a, 
A biscotti? Like a, yeah, a biscotti. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> a little so bit. Nom, good. Nom, nom, nom. Yum, yum, yum. Those are always good because I just give them to my daughters. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes. So this is kind of getting to another thing I want to talk about tonight, which is... My daughters. Uh, coffee houses. Yep. And cafes. So... Um, the cafe culture we've been talking about. Because it's funny that we were talking about the espresso stuff and we were talking about the drinks and then increasingly it starts to sound like talking about the environment of getting them and what it's like to get the mm. coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of a different thing again, but it's just as important in my view. So like the cafe culture, cafe culture, like the cafe culture now is something cool to think about. Like we were just talking about it. And um, uh, there was a story that was, uh, designed to be universal that was at the start of this uh, intro for a book. Um, that's a chapter by um, Bodil Stensith um, called uh, The Cafe, a chapter of cultural history. And I, I think it's really cool because I think it captures a lot of the modern like Australian cafe that I'm like very familiar with, but clearly that's something that's all over the world. So it says, early one morning, um, Burgett locks the door of her apartment behind her and strolls over to the living room, her local cafe. Once inside, she perks up to the smell of freshly ground coffee and the sputter of the espresso machine behind the counter. The living room is small and intimate, just like home. It offers neither designer chairs nor tables of glass and steel, but rather an eclectic collection of living room furniture that had seen better days before arriving at the local school's flea market. The day's tabloid newspapers and some very well-thumbed magazines are spread out across the high, narrow table in front of the wall-to-wall picture window. Yeah, wow. That's a vibe. That's a vibe. That's a vibe. What was cool about this is I read that passage... Uh, in a cafe that was this spitting image of that, <laughs> one of our local cafes. Um, was that Scatterbean? So it was Scatterbean, yeah, yeah, Scatterbean in Turinga. And I was doing research there for all morning. And um, it, it was exactly that, that sort of secondhand furniture vibe. Mm. It's very sort of oddball. It's in an old building. It's not even the least bit pretentious. Mm. Um, and it's a place to sort of relax and, and work. I wonder how long that's been going on though. I mean, how old is that book? Uh, about eight years, I think. Okay, so yeah. that, that's, I, I still think that's a pretty modern invention because, like, for all all the memories I have of the 90s are, like, me as a kid going to cafes and stuff, and they're all a bit more posh than that, or if mm. not posh, at least kind of white and square, like lots of straight <laughs> lines and very plain kind of yes. thing. So it's like the the idea of the modern hip thing. This is certainly in Australia. I mean, it might just be, again, we saw things happening around the world that were different and went like, oh, we could do busted ass couches. That's fucking sick. Like mm. exposed brick. Are you serious? Let's go. Like, and it, yeah, so that must be new. But either way, it's like that is identical to like all of the cafe experiences I've, I've had in the in recent years. Yeah, totally. And like, so I wondered whether, you know, like what, what were these coffee houses like in the early periods of coffee? And so the coffee houses that we're referring to is is um, it's a particular social institution, really, a, a place to drink coffee um, in the early modern period. So like the 1600s and the 1700s. Um, so this is related the to- The hippest places to be. <laughs> well, I imagine they probably were. Because it was but- like intele- in- intellectuals and things like that would go and gentlemen doing gentlemanly things. I mean, that sounds- so lame. Like, it's like, it's like <laughs> the fucking lamest shit possible. Okay, yeah. So like obviously when we're talking about coffee houses in our sort of cultural tradition that we're referring to, it's European coffee houses, but they were drawing directly off the stuff out of uh, the Arabian lands and Persia mm. and stuff like that in this time period and Turkey. Um, Just mainlining the shit. <laughs> like, yeah, there was, there's a description of like a Persian coffee house in the 1600s and, um, you know, describing, you know, it's all big talk, relaxation, politics, um, backgammon. You know, all the essentials. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah. 
Bring and back backgammon. Actually, that's that's interesting. One of the components of a traditional cappuccino is actually backgammon. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we missed it all along. Yeah. Um, imagine making a cappuccino out of the traditional coffee that was in these like big pots. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, you know, you'd have wise men, poets and stuff and, and people uh, pamphleteering political wise. Uh, and, you know, doing almost sermons in the middle of the cafe. So this is in Persia, but where we mm-hmm. are. Um, which is sort of fascinating. And you thought, oh, was everybody listening in? It's like, no, this 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 observer who was writing the description from France, I think, um, was saying, oh, no, the, you didn't have to listen in. That was the kind of curious thing. Like there'd be this person giving like this sort of sermon-esque sort of like um, stand up, <laughs> open yeah. mic shit um, of like religion. The whole Mel Brooks stand up philosopher thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't have to listen. And then so like, that sounds really, really hectic. That sounds more hectic than the cafe description we just had. Yeah, that's in... I mean, there would be nothing worse than like when you're in a cafe and you've just got a random person just like yelling out to the, <laughs> to the bunch of people that are there. Like that yeah, that's sounds- why I'm not allowed back in the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, so when this, this hit Europe basically, um, and it either hit Europe organically through just like sort of traders and people from um, the, this area like moving to Italy mm. and starting a coffee house. Um, and initially this is like- And everybody trying going, that is molto fucking bene. Uh, <laughs> We're having a slice of that. Thanks very much. Oh, there's more apocryphal stories, but I think we've had enough of that. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, suffice to say that it gets to Europe. Um, and yeah. initially it's this high priced value thing because it's something obviously important from afar. I was going to say, does it go off? Are people like, hell yes, cafe? That's funny. Um, yes. Wait, so, well, I don't understand the joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so by the time they were set up in the UK, um, which is the coffee house tradition, like if you say coffee house, most people would be imagining this. Um, in the 1600s, it absolutely took off. And so by the end of that um, century, there were th- over 300 across the whole country. And it's there not were a nicknames, very big country, so that's a lot. Just um, There were nicknamed penny universities because it was only a penny to get in, only a penny to sit down and have oh, your coffee. Right. And There's as a, a result- a bunch of kids in there like fucking Goodwill hunting. It's just like sitting there with a coffee. <laughs> He's wicked smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, yeah, um, it was sort of said to be a, a social leveler. So- and this is, you know, like in the 1600s and, and early 1700s, and you're talking about if you were a student at a university or an elder at a university, it didn't matter. Um, you could be, it was all still very bourgeois, of course. But, mm. um, you know, this is, a, this is a time when there's serious social class uh, in, in the UK, um, as we now call it. But like, yeah. um, but, you know, coffee houses were sort of this um, crazy uh, melting pot of that. And it was, it was a culture of talking about politics because the most important part of this story is the coffee houses had newspapers. Oh, right. Were they the only places without buying them off vendors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a place you could just get, read the news. Oh, and of course okay. the culture comes up that everybody reads and talks about the news and you're all drinking this stimulating stuff, like half a pint of the stuff as it turns out. So yeah. let's go. <laughs> of what kind of coffee? Was it was it brew coffee? Was it? I would assume, I don't know, but I mean, this is like 1685 or so. Yeah, um, so it wasn't right. espresso. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, the, the the idea of the coffee and the paper is like still something that is a trope now. You know and what I mean? I so said again. So I was reading this in a modern Australian cafe, and next to me was a copy of the you know the absolute local rag. fucking shit rag that is the courier. <laughs> yes, indeed. And just like they give you a roll of toilet paper, and there's literally news about coffee cups being like banned, just like uh, single use coffee cups being banned, which is sort of a weird coincidence. Yeah. But then I, I was thinking, oh, here's this banal, outdated thing. Ugh, this newspaper. I'll push that to the side. Don't want to read that. And then I'm reading about this, and I'm realizing, oh my god, in the 16 and 1700s, newspapers being in cafes was 
radical and revolutionary. Mm. And in fact, these places, because of their relative egalitarianism and news and political mad chats and stimulants became like a hub of- Information. Reactionary politics yeah. and like republicanism. But and also, this is why the for king some tried people, to shut it down. For <laughs> some people, it was the only way that they could get the news because, you know, maybe they didn't weren't able to access a newspaper or maybe they couldn't afford it and the penny to get into the- the coffee house was maybe they could get access to way more. Mm. Um, there was a, a French priest and traveler uh, to London in the early 1700s wrote that um, English coffee houses are where you have the right to read all the papers for and against the government <laughs> and that the place was the seat of English liberty, which is um, pretty crazy. Um, I just love that phrase. So earlier tonight you showed me an advertisement for ca- caffeine, for yes. coffee. Was <laughs> well, that- it was an advertisement for caffeine. Yeah, I mean, all it? advertisements for even decaffeinated coffee has coffee in it. advertisement or advertisement? What are we doing? I don't I care. Don't, I honestly don't know, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, because... um, I say advertisement, right? I say... What did I say? You said advertisement. <laughs> okay. But I mean, it's like not necessarily wrong is no. my point. There might be just like... You know how like Americans say everything wrong? <laughs> yeah, but like uh, I'm not dropping <laughs> whole fucking syllables, like so... That's true. But anyway... um. And in that, it was kind of amplifying the health benefits of of coffee. So, is there is there a culture around as well? Caffeine, <coughs> coffee. It is a simple, innocent thing, <laughs> oh, composed no. into a drink by being dried in an oven. So the S's are F's, and ground to a powder and boiled up with spring water. By my brother Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> about half a pint of it to be drunk. And to be taken as hot as possibly can be endured. Oh, please stop. <laughs> the witch will never fetch the skin off the mouth or wraith any blisters by reason of that heat. I'm sorry, did you say the witch? <laughs> that witch. It's oh, very that good witch. to I was help. say, like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> it's very... You've taken my notes away from me? Can you read typewriter, fo- typewriter font? Are, Are you, you stuck in FS? <laughs> I'm stuck in Permanently. <laughs> It's very good to help digestion. I just couldn't do the Fs anymore. <laughs> it's very good to help digestion. And therefore of great use at three or four o'clock in the afternoon as well as in the morning. Yeah, it's also, and I, this is the bit that I really loved. It was good for scurvy, gout, headaches. It was helpful for preventing miscarriage. It was also good for preventing consumption. A common what? ailment. Of food? Consumption. Oh, the disease. The disease. I was just being silly. I, oh. <laughs> I knew precisely what you meant. But it's interesting that it's like it's useful to aid digestion. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's well, like, does it? Because <laughs> of your psychosomatic asshole <laughs> kaboom. <laughs> it's a known hunger suppressant. It's in the name. It's literally in the name if you speak Arabic. Um, so there's a lot of nostalgia of coffee houses of this time period because of the Republican element of it, because of the like the sort of evolution of English liberalism, all of that's pretty fair. Um, but, you know, it was only men. Like, mm. <laughs> So it's like, oh, it's a great social leveler of less than half of the population. And actually, even less than that, if you consider it's all just bourgeois sort of folk anyway. True. So women were mostly banned in the UK. Wait, women were banned? <laughs> women were banned. <laughs> women were banned full stop. Get subject. out, out, all of you on the boat. Uh, all of you. I'm so done. <laughs> Off to the Americas with you. <laughs> Wait, so they were banned from coffee houses. Is that what you meant? <laughs> not banned yes. from the United Kingdom, <laughs> no. England, Scotland and Wales. A lot of the continents did not make the same decision. That wasn't the case in Germany, for example. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, so like uh, women weren't allowed in coffee houses for the most part. They're allowed to work in them. Oh, classic. Yeah, so like, you know, people talk about coffee houses. It's, it's the, this is the development of, you know, the public sphere. 
this sort of zone outside of people's everyday lives in which people um, talk with each other mm. and communicate, you know. Like Twitter now. Um, yeah, was it as festering heap of garbage as it, Twitter? It quite potentially hey, was, Jim. Nice one. Um, yeah, so it doesn't like link up with the cafe exactly. I always imagined that it did. You know, so oh, coffee houses have been around forever. They've been around the image of the 1700s and the Enlightenment period sort of thing. Um, this romantic image of thinkers talking alike yes. over backgammon. Um, the cappuccino. <laughs> and the and backgammon, a cappuccino. Backgammon is definitely the cappuccino of games, don't you think? If I was going to think of a board game and, and like which game was cappuccino, it would have to be backgammon. Okay, we'll let you have that one. Thank you. <laughs> Coffee houses died out. They sort of, they, they died out by the 19th century. Um, and it was partly regulation. It was also partly just the global economy because England at that time were tilting towards India economically in terms of right. the places they were exploiting. So instead they wanted to import tea. Um, mm. And so they became a tea drinking culture. And at, at similar later on in the US... Uh, the American Revolution and the Boston Tea Party results in tea not being available in the US. Mm -hmm. And so the story goes, and it is fairly widely accepted, that coffee became sort of seen as a national drink in the United drink States. Drink a coffee for patriotism. Yay. Yay. Exactly, yeah. because it's the American drink, and in a lot of ways it still is. Yeah. Do you want to know how much caffeine is in tea? I would love to know how much Please. caffeine is in tea. Tea steeped for three minutes produces 124 to 418 milligrams. So how does that compare to our, um, say, drip, or uh, what we're drinking tonight? How, much, how does that compare to the French press um, situation? So it is like a fifth. A fifth of that. Okay, right. Um, so you're still getting a little, getting a little, little bump. A little but bump. Not, but I also think that the the diuretic effect and the psychosomatic. How did you put it? Asshole. Kaboom. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> not Goodness. really is. But um, what's really interesting, caffeine is a drug, right? And so all drugs have this thing called an LD50, which is a lethal dose. Of and for the 50 being? Lethal dose for 50% of humans, meaning that half of all people at that dose would die. Like when so, you drink the coffee. When you drink the coffee. Half of people so, will die. <laughs> Do, if you push this button. <laughs> <laughs> so if half you were to... So it, they figured out that the LD50 for caffeine is 150 to 200 milligrams per kilogram of body mass. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you know how much you weigh, try and avoid drinking like figure out how much that LD50 is mm -hmm. and then try and avoid drinking it. I think it works out to be, I have my notes here. Somewhere. Is it one of those ones where it's practically impossible if you'd actually consume that? It's a, a roughly 50 to 100 ordinary cups of coffee. Wait, is that like a cup of filter coffee or something? Because if it's if, if it's in espresso shots, that's possibly doable. Um, we, can, we can make this happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, especially, especially when an espresso shot is, if we're talking even at the low end, is 1,691 1, milligrams per litre. Of mm, caffeine, yeah, yeah. you're gonna get there pretty quickly. But I think when they're what they're but talking per about, per liter though, this is the thing. <laughs> like, yeah, if you did enough stuff, like just just line up the fucking mini demitasse, demitasse and just and just go and go and go, you are gonna start vomiting well and truly before you get to death. You know, by coffee, yeah, right? No, exactly. And you know, we were just talking about how it takes 45 minutes to hit your your actual mm. you know intestines or whatever and actually get absorbed. So it's like. I don't think you could die from coffee. Well, you'd have to. I think what basically what some what I read somewhere was you have to you have to drink it within a short enough time period for it to 
reach peak concentration at the same time. At the same time, exactly. So it, like the way that you, like if you had four cups of coffee throughout a day, you're nowhere going to be nowhere near that peak concentration. But if you were to drink four cups of coffee in half an hour, mm-hmm. you might be getting a bit close to having a really, t- but you're going to have, have you're going to have other effects before it becomes lethal. No, you're exactly. going to have an increased heart rate. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have literal jitters. You're probably, mm-hmm could potentially have these really harsh crashes as well. Mm. Um, and I like guess I, the only way would be to just like mainline it, you know, straight to the main vein. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think what's important to say here is don't try and do that. Yeah, it's bad for you. We are in no way suggesting that you <laughs> attempt to find out at what point you die from coffee. Because <laughs> um, it's, not, it's not a good time. No. But it's I always d- a good time for I mean, coffee, I just have, a, I have another just general random thing that I've yes. discovered, which I thought might be fun good. to chat about. Um, so, Jim. Yes. Do you know about this thing called coffee naps? Coffee naps? Yeah. I mean, that's generally what happens in my afternoon. Right. So what you're talking about is you have a cup of coffee and go to sleep. And it's time for yum yums. Yeah. It's time for sleepy times. Yum yums and then sleep times. Yeah. And then when you wake up, how do you feel after that? Don't remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's. Okay. I recall Uh, no wrongdoing and I resign. Coffee naps are this kind of theory that if you have a cup of coffee and then have a quick little nap, like Mm -hmm. like a 20, 30 minute nap, you tend tend to wake up feeling way more refreshed than if you just had the nap or just had the cup of coffee. Mm. Because what you're essentially doing is sleeping through the the early psychosomatic responses to the coffee Mm. and waking up just as it as it's actually as it hits your system, but you've zing. also had a little sleep. That's nice. And I, I, I just and find I it now really feel less bad for doing that. Yeah. So basically, what people are saying is, and I, I've heard people anecdotes of people going like, um, "Oh yeah, I would get up, uh, have a cup of coffee because I just sort of it was like I was up for a reason. I made a cup of coffee and then I went straight back to bed. And when I woke up, I felt great. And there's people that are kind of advocating that if you really want to maximize the effects of coffee, this is a good approach. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend People just trying that. to min-max life. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because it's also, like and also, like, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but a really important thing about caffeine is your body, so your body can produce more of these A1 receptors. And so over time, if you're drinking coffee regularly, your body just produces more of these A1 receptors, which means you need to drink more coffee in order to, to antagonize, combat to combat yeah. the sleepies. Because your body is just going, what the fuck and that is are why, you doing? That is why the afternoon coffee can sometimes make you feel more tired yeah. because what it, your body's actually doing is just going like, well, you've been blocking all my receptors. I'm just going to make some more, you asshole. Yeah, all, it, I, yeah. all I know is that like in the lead up to a long tour or even like an Australian tour, I always try to cut down on coffee or even get rid of coffee from my daily routine. And it fucking sucks for a little while. But it just means that whenever I, because on tour you just you don't do any sleep. Like sleep is just fucking not available to you for the most part. So and you still have to operate at a really high level every day. So it's kind of like you would like it if coffee actually did something. Yeah, if it worked, you know? it, <laughs> it didn't level like, you back to normal. All right, fuck, I'm starting to feel that jet lag fatigue. This is fucked. I'm gonna have a coffee, and it's actually gonna work mm. instead of making me feel worse and shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I guess I feel like most people who drink coffee would speak about the fact that, and I'm trying to deal with this right now, that you need the first cup of coffee in the morning to become human level. Mm. And then anything past that gives you energy. But like, that's the one that's getting you to main, like- The classic, like, fucking my mug that says, don't talk to me Me before I've had had my my coffee. coffee. Yeah, Yeah. Because, and the thing, even if you do after that, if I own this mug, I'm probably a bitch anyway. So you know what I mean. But another interesting tidbit fascination that I found was- um, 
uh, cough, another coffee beverage, which we haven't discussed. Mm-hmm. The espresso martini. Oh, yeah. Espresso martini. So obviously we mentioned that coffee is a big deal in Australia. Can I just give a big shout out to the affogato, please? Because whoever thought that ice cream oh, was part of coffee is yeah, a good idea. No, anyway, oh, back to the espresso martini. genius. Like that is, no, that is, we need to give thing. the affogato. If ever I get fucking, you know how it's like end of a dinner. Yes. End of a dinner. It's like, does anyone want coffee? It's like, why would you do that? It's 9 p.m. The answer is, <laughs> the answer is ice cream, obviously. So fucking <laughs> let's go. You put ice cream in it? Yeah. And also Kahlua? Oh, sometimes it's a hazelnut liqueur. Sometimes it's something else. You can get mm. ones with limoncello. Big shout out to the affogato. Yeah, the affogato <laughs> that's my, is- That's my guy right there. Yeah, I do think- That's that my boy. <laughs> the affogato, oh my God, no. The affogato is absolutely underrated and it needs to get more respect. But what I'm talking about is the espresso martini. Indeed, yeah. Um, because it is the number one cocktail drunk in Australia and that's because- we we love our fucking coffee I fucking, here. I find that so hard to believe. But the minute the minute that I say like, wait, what? What are you talking about? I I start to wonder what what my replacement for that would be. Yeah, like, like what I'm listening here, like it's not the espresso martini. It's 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 oh oh god. Is it, it the margarita? I would say a close second would be the margarita. I suppose it depends on whether you consider because you know how we're talking in the cocktails episode mm-hmm. about the. A highball, mm-hmm. which was basically like a mix, like a mixer plus. I don't a think spirit, that that's right? counted as a cocktail in this classification. Okay, right. Because like the rum like, and coke, rum and coke is out there. Man. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and like the vodka Red Bull, like those yeah. things, I don't think are being. Cla- We're talking about um, a shaken, a shaken or beverage. beverage. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, so and, and espresso martini. Espresso number martini, one. number yeah, one, because Madre de Dios. Um, I'm not sure if did we speak about the espresso martini in the cocktails episode? I'm not sure. Let's see if we repeat ourselves. Yeah, because because um, the, there's the apocryphal story about the espresso martini being developed because somebody asks for a drink that both wakes me up and fucks me up. Okay. Because it's got espresso in it. It's and got- a really big Evanescence fan. <laughs> what? Wake me up. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Wake me up, up inside. inside. But yeah. And I so- I just hear that in Goofy's voice now. Because- Wake me up. The construction of an espresso martini Save is- me. <laughs> God. You two Sorry, are impossible. Yeah. Um, it's a shot of- um, Vodka or brandy in our case, a shot of coffee liqueur, ca- a shot of coffee, and then a little bit of syrup. You shake that bitch up and it's delicious. Yum, yum, yum. The funniest thing is to, for me is that it's not usually espresso because espresso is a very inefficient thing to make to put in an espresso martini. Mm-hmm. Usually in a bar, they've got like a tub of pre-made a, coffee. A batch of coffee. Of yeah. coffee, a batch mm-hmm, coffee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at home we've used like either um, the mocha pot, which is a stovetop espresso. <laughs> which you wanted to talk about. Yeah, well... Give me a second. Which isn't technically espresso. Um and or so plunger. And it's also not a martini because a martini is a specific thing that's a vermouth and a it's white spirit. It's served in a martini origin. glass, though. That's so it, it is neither espresso nor a martini, it's but it's very like tasty. Literally the probably the reason it's called that. That is why it is. That is that is no, the truth in the apocryphal story. Do you, do you have yeah. any idea when it was popularized or, or when it was kind of came to be the espresso martini? I thought it was really recent. I thought it was like the past 40 years. I was going to say- it was in the like 70s sort of year, I think when I was going to say the 80s. Naming anything a martini that's in a martini glass was a thing. Was hip. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, yeah, so like that's where you get like the apple teeny because it's just, it's not actually a martini in the in classical sense. It's just yeah. in that shaped glass. Nice. So if I filled one with like peanut butter- Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a, a fancy- A martini. No, it'd be a peanut bottini. <laughs> um, I'd love you to- You drink sp- it with a spoon because <laughs> it's fucking peanut butter. You know what I mean? Um, but I love an espresso martini because I think it's a very, very fun way to have coffee because it's all of my favorite things about coffee. We're definitely going to make one later. Yeah, are we? Well, three. 
Oh, good. <laughs> We're not going to share one. No. So you wanted to talk about mocha pot. I don't know yeah, why. I did. Okay. Why? Yeah. Because it's wonderful. Okay. We've been saying mocha pot. I think it's actually mocha pot. And I'm going to say that because it does. it's M-O-K-A. Mm-hmm. And if you say mocha, that sounds like mocha the drink as in um, chocolate and coffee. And that is the historical what I was assuming city in the Arabian Peninsula. Yeah, so okay. We're going to say mocha. Yeah, so mocha, sure. Um, and, and then we'll just add a correction later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, corrections of our corrections episode. We'll yeah. add some new content just to test that out. Yeah, that's great. So it's a little little cute aluminium pot. Do we have one? Yes, yes over, over there. there. Yeah, for this, so that everyone can see. <laughs> and, um, it's kind of, I described the vacuum pot earlier. Yeah. Where you put the water in the bottom. And, and time travels to the top. And then yeah, yeah, time travels you know. to the top. Except it doesn't drip back down. It goes just up through it. So you have the coffee is in a chamber in between. Mm-hmm. The water gets heated up into this little aluminium casing and gets shot up through the coffee through physics. Capillary it gets given effect. The, Capillary effect. Thank I you. believe that also is called the sky suck. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like kind of like a volcano comes from the top, filling the top pot. And it's it's technically not espresso, but it is a pressure method. Mm. Um, but it's just at a much lower, much so it's, lower. So is it a it's a combination of sort of like percolation and pressure? Um, like yeah, similar. It's not actually percolating though. It is literally pushing through pressure. Mm. It's the same method as espresso, but it's, it's going in the other direction. Well, espresso is at like you know a thousand odd kPa kilometers per hour, <laughs> and you know your little mocha pot is at like a hundred and fifty kilometers per hour. That's <laughs> oh, no, really nice. No. So it's, it's called stuffed up espresso. It's not technically espresso, but it's kind of like halfway between having an espresso shot and having like um, filter coffee. Interesting. It's got this beautiful flavor. And uh, scholars of physics are still working out exactly how it works, of course. Oh, no, we're these not doing goes. one of these. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know this. They don't know how it works. Oh, no, they don't know how it works, but it's still just like, again. It's, they're still trying to explain exactly how, but like, also work uh, out how to make the best one. Right, because I know that the capillary effect works because it's a very small. So basically, the the chamber that holds the coffee is in this sort of um, conical shape that goes down to a really really thin tube, which has a small hole in it. And the capillary effect is essentially that this, the surface tension created by the small opening draws creates a creates a drawing uh, like your veins work, like mm. your capillaries work, and that draws through liquid and pulls it up through, amazing. which is really really amazing. So we're all just like living, breathing, walking mocha pots. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. Oh no. But, so I know that that happened, but I suppose are they? I've never really truly understood how it's gotten then from the chamber, which is actually sitting flush with the water reservoir at the base, mm-hmm. gets then into the top. Boy. We can't see it because it's within the thing. I know. I kind of <laughs> the wish, nightmare within. I kind of wish that there was a way to make these see through, but they're all aluminium. Yeah, but then you see all the little coffee goblins pushing the water. <laughs> oh, you're dr- yeah. yeah. That's cute. They're too cute to live. <laughs> anyway, physics did some experiments, physics people, <gasps> physics. and they found that it makes the best extraction of coffee occurs when water of roughly 70 degrees Celsius is placed preheated within the, the water chamber rather than cold water as we've done it or as near boiling water as is commonly done in the United States. And as we have also done it at one point as well. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because so, it comes up at the right speed. Because you know we were talking about earlier with the drip coffee goes through really fast, espresso yeah. coffee goes through really fast. So it's extracting only the most immediate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the speed in which without this all the guy, memories at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, without all the organic compounds, the faster it goes through, the less of that it gets. Yeah. Fucking unreal. But also why if you pull a shot too quickly, it doesn't mm. have a lot of flavor. Um, wow, that's really, really fascinating that they, they don't, aren't fully, it's like, it's almost as if like they know, but they can't articulate it. They're just like, I know how it works. I just can't tell you it's a secret. 
I can't, I can't tell you the rules. I just, I'm watching it happen, man. Yeah, um, like it feels a little bit like that. Somebody want to make some fucking yes. espresso martinis. Well, unfortunately, we're gonna, okay, so we're going to have to brew a little bit of coffee and then we'll have to make some espresso martinis. Yay, let's um, go. Well, I guess, am I, am I making the coffee again or? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I, yes, I should think so, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, darling. <laughs> and we are back. And now we are armed with some terrific looking espresso martinis made by the one and only Samantha. And they smell amazing and they look incredible. And um, and you just have to take my word on that. Uh, so cheers, guys. <laughs> Let, let's do it in front of the microphone. <laughs> so, you can, so you can hear. Here, here's, here's one for Sam. Let's see if we can let's see if we can do it better over here. Hang on. No, I'm still ah. shit. All right. Well, anyway, it was. It was <laughs> These are filled to the brim, guys. It was filled, it was fun while it lasted. Let's let's see how we go. Mm. Oh. That is absolutely delicious. So this is um. Oh, this one tastes more like a Tim Tam than usual. That's so good. That's really great. You, I get the Christmassy vibe you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. So this isn't a traditional espresso martini necessarily. Not by ingredient. This though. one's a recipe from Anders Ericsson on YouTube. Yes, his. You guys should definitely go check out that channel. I know we brought it up during the cocktails episode, but definitely go and check it out. What a fun topic. I love coffee so much. So all of this was fascinating. Well, the, the biggest takeaway from today, I think, is that everything is a pun and nothing matters <laughs> and the Pope was probably wrong. So, like, uh, the Pope say, is probably possessed is actually the big takeaway. I want to say one big thing yes. is that there's so much um, that we've talked about that that feels like a science. I mean, it feels like a science of caffeine, but it also is a science of coffee. You know, there's that what we've talked about, about having... Um, exact amount of grams and a thing. Mm. And you know, people get really passionate about making drinks and stuff. That's amazing. That's awesome. But yeah, the more I got in, like, like looked into that sort of scientific um, sort of mode of thinking about coffee, the more I realized that it's like, I'm not really interested in the drink. I'm, I'm interested in what's around it. I'm interested in what's outside that cup. And that's why I was fascinated to hear about the cafe culture of the past and the cafe culture now, because, um, you know, it's it's not just about this bitter drink that we're drinking. It could be garbage as long as we're sort of drinking it together, drinking it with strangers or with friends or family um, or with a loved one and or just sitting alone uh, researching. And I think that's kind of special to be connected to something so old. Yeah, that, that long ago but also that familiar. And I love it that, you know, you go to do the research for uh, the topic and, and it's it surprises me to think like, yeah, we're not actually researching coffee so much are we? But the fact mm. is when we do go to a cafe and we say, hey, let's go for coffee, mm. we're not saying we're there for the coffee, we're there for the environment and the company. Um, and that's amazing. Yeah. Stoked. I'm going to drink the rest of this espresso martini now. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Yay, what a good time. Um, don't drink coffee at 9pm unless you feel like it. Uh, take a coffee nap <laughs> or don't. Um, if you're not allowed to drink coffee, drink tea. If you're not allowed to drink tea, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> have yourselves a great fucking day. This has been a lot of fun. It's goodbye from me and the Sams. Goodbye now. Bye. Bye, everyone. Take care of each other, friends, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.